Welcome to the Feminine Truth Podcast with Mary Miranda, a place where you can reconnect with your wild, cyclical, and fierce truth. I am Mary Miranda, a mentor, guide, healer, and intuitive coach. I guide women on a journey of remembrance, reconnection, and embodiment of their inner feminine truth and power. Join me each week to tap into raw, unedited, and unfiltered sacred conversations to help women tap into their inner feminine truth and power to become bold, unshakable, and apologetic in who they truly are. Let's jump into today's sacred conversation. Welcome to another episode of the Feminine Truth Podcast. Today, I am so excited to have another male guest. I have been totally into bringing men into the podcast so we can hear their voice, so we can hear their perspective. And so women can totally see that there's also amazing and good men out there who are doing the work, taking ownership for healing anything that they need to so they can step into their divine masculine and also feminine power. So I have been following him for quite some time stalking his page because every single post that he like usually posts, it so resonates with me. So I reach out to him and I'm so glad that he said yes to being here with us. So Mike Fields, thank you so much for being here. Hey, it's a pleasure. I'm, I'm so excited to be here too. Thank you for having me. Yes, I'm so excited that you're here so people can totally like get to know you get to know your wisdom, your medicine, like what you do, and how you help people become better in this world. So why don't you start by telling us a little bit about your story, who you are, and exactly what you do? Sure. So um, I, I classify myself as a life coach, but I like to call it self coaching. So Basically, what I do is help people establish and empower themselves. So if they want to take out aspects, integrate new aspects, I want them to strengthen that sense of self. So I'm very big on the individual. The individual is how you change a collective. So I'm not the collective is the most important thing. The individual is important to me. So once we can strengthen the individual and themselves, it helps the collective. So it's more about we're all victims of something we're all victims of something, but do we take that mentality forward? So for me, if we can take ownership for our lives and take responsibility for our lives and, and correct the individual, that's how it helps the collective. So that's the type of coaching I do. It's about a 50, 50 split clientele, male and female. So it's everybody struggles. It doesn't matter if you're masculine, if you're feminine, if you're male or you're female, it doesn't matter. So that's what I do. Um, and honestly, I, I was interested in that. I mean, even at the age of like eight, I told my mom when I was 12, I was going to be a life coach. No so, way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was already, I was already like hyped and, and ready for it. So, so there's not some big tragic, tragic tale or like some crazy trauma I've been through. I just always kind of knew what I needed to do. So, uh, it took me a while to get there and yeah, there were some bumps along the way, but I've owned that and and I'm enjoying what I'm doing and I hope to build from there and continue from that. I'm from Bowling Green, Kentucky. I've lived a couple places. I lived in New York. I love to travel. I'm a big backpacker. Um, I'm into health and fitness exercise, but my main passion is people and psychology and philosophy. So that's kind of what I've dedicated my life to. It's a little bit about me. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And that's actually so different because a lot of the people that I have interviewed have had a very traumatic childhood or something impactful that happened when they were younger 
that they took them on this journey of hardship or they hit rock bottom and from there they rose again and now they're helping other people but your journey is different yeah yeah well and and not to say and you know and not to say that i didn't have things happen and things that impacted me it's just that i choose to rewrite that story also and not that i you know not that i was a victim of certain things and and and, you know certain upbringings and i had to change a lot of things but i own that uh, I started cognitive behavioral therapy when I was 22, and I still continue that just because I, I think it's good just to not because there's something wrong, but to develop the things that are right with me. So, and it's great accountability. And, um, and I would say my counselor, we become great friends and he saved my life. So especially for men that are embarrassed to like, go do that kind of stuff. It's what is masculine is to ask for help. And I think people get that backwards. They're like, Oh, I can't feel this. I can't do this. They get this old school mentality of discipline in that I have to completely obliterate my body and work 80 hours a week until I destroy myself. And that's the most, that's the most emasculating thing that you can do for yourself. And so, especially living in the South, I'm trying to help people change that mentality. There's a fine balance between sacrificing my body. And I think to be masculine and for me, manliness is just remembering that it's not about me anymore, but in order for it not to be about me, I have to take care of myself. If I don't, then it is about me, no matter what I sacrifice for those people. So if that makes sense. No, it totally does. And the way that I have been, even like the past week, I haven't been having a lot of conversations about men. They were ne never taught to feel they were never taught to open their hearts, to be vulnerable, to be affectionate, to go there into their emotions, because it was always this, this culture of men up, toughen up, you can't cry, you can't feel. So you start disconnected from your body, you disconnect from your emotions. And for me, it's like, that's when you become emotionally unavailable. So how does a man, what has to happen for a man to say, I want to heal this or i want to change this I, I your think, experience like that you have sure. uh, for men that have come into your coaching container yeah so so I, I think the first thing to admit is that they've bought into some cultural conditioning and and i'm not some big conspiracy theorist that thinks this was all done on purpose mm -hmm. i think that we played a role within ourselves i also think that since women have been liberated with contraceptives and birth control, I think that has played a major role in the, in, in, in the release of women and that they're allowed to, to be themselves and they're allowed to take care of themselves. So also um, it's a little, little off track from your question, but it, women are so powerful when they're willing to be vulnerable and allow a masculine person to care for them because that's the ultimate vulnerability. I'm not saying they have to give up their job or their income their livelihood, where they live. But women are so powerful when they are vulnerable. And I don't think men understand that they are so powerful and they are so attractive when they are vulnerable. And I think that's one of the key issues that's missing. Because let's say you've been married for five years, the honeymoon phase is gone, and, you know, and you're kind of distant from your partner, man or woman, it doesn't matter. If you will tell them the truth that you're feeling, how you're feeling. If let's say it's a man and a woman and, and the woman says something that's really hurtful to the man. If he said, if he processed that 
and, and listened to his emotions and let himself feel that and came back to her and said, Hey, like, I know we're having troubles that really hurt my feelings. Like you are my person that hurt me. I just wanted to let you know that there's nothing I'm not leaving. There's nothing wrong, but I had to let you know that. Do you know how attractive that is? Oh, I think to most sexy. women. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. and if it's not, then you need to get a different person. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think men get stuck in the story that masculinity is completely suppressing and hiding your emotions. Do you know who cries on me the most in my sessions? Men. Men, because they have no one. They literally, we have lost, like we have lost brotherhood. I got goosebumps. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we have lost brotherhood. We have lost. So I, um, I talk about my therapist. So his name's Rick Ripke. Um, and he's of a Christian faith and I go there and, and I am not of that faith. I, um, I'm not sure what I am at the moment. So, um, I'm very open to things and I, I think there probably is a creator. I don't know who that is or what that is, but I'm very open to, to processing that and, and, and to learning more. And I try well, you're to, not, you're, I'm sorry, you're not alone. I feel the exact same way. So you're good. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not saying that's not true. It's just, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to be open and understand and try to live like there is a God and that I need to be respectful of people and that I need to, um, certain moralities and things I do keep. Cause I, I grew up in Christianity as well. So, and some of it was very toxic and, and that was a lot of process and dealing with, but the foundation of religions, not to get too off topic, but they're actually very good for people. And, and so when I think it was Nietzsche that wrote in that God is dead and people took offense to that, he was not saying that God is dead. We have killed God. So literally we're trying to make a religion now out of politics because we're killing religion. And, and no matter the stories, no matter what you think about, no matter how crazy they are, they're metaphysical, I believe. And also they're set to keep a structure and I'm not saying they're perfect and I'm not saying they're right, but they were there for a reason. And I think now we're going through the chaos of that. So it's interesting, That's but for point. yeah. but for men with masculinity, it's the opposite of necessarily what you think. I'm not saying you need to go cry on, on another man's shoulder all the time or a lady's shoulder all the time, but it's admitting to people that you trust and you're vulnerable with that. Hey, I'm going to show you my weakness and in front of people, I'm going to be very strong and I know you have my back. Yeah. And it's just, it comes to, they don't feel safe. They have never felt safe. And if you don't feel safe, you're not going to open up. Yeah, exactly. You're not going to open up. And it's just so sad because I've been, I don't know, I've just gotten into TikTok so much lately for some reason. So I've been doing uh, posting a lot of videos and things like that, especially about speaking about emotionally unavailable men and why that happens. But anyway, so I, I've been speaking a lot of that and I get a lot of men commenting. Yeah, but we're not allowed to feel. I mean, if we cry, oh, my God, women are going to be turned off. And I'm like, well, that's because it depends on the woman you are attracting. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, at the same yes. time. But yeah, it's and I grew up with uh, toxic masculinity. I grew up with I grew up with machismo. I'm Mexican. It's huge in my country and it's huge in many countries. But in my country, that is like a thing, machistas. So I did grow up with this different view of what a man is, the masculine, what they're supposed to be. So for me, it was so different when I came into this work about the conscious masculine, the conscious feminine. I'm like, what is that? I'm I'm like, I only know like the toxic side of this, the toxic spectrum. But I also know that men are just providers. 
they're just the breadwinners of the family. That's what I grew up with. And my dad was not connected to us emotionally, to be honest. So I never really got to see that side. And when he did, when he would go there, speak about his emotions, he would get a knot on his throat. He couldn't even speak because he has so much unhealed wounding and trauma from his childhood what he lived with his parents so even up to today the only time I see my dad cry is when he talked about his childhood which for me it's so it's so sad because I'm like I wish he found a way to heal because that would be so powerful sure yeah and I think we're so lucky now because there's so much work being done on the nervous system we're starting to understand why we so so trauma is never about an event it's a stored emotion yeah so literally something we suppress so i'm a big believer in the chakra system i love symbolism like i love metaphysical stories i'm very i'm very logical but also i have a very intuitive side so i try to be balanced in that my imagery is big so for me to see the chakra system and where things get stuck and blocked literally we store trauma in our body the body keeps score and awaking the tiger within or, or books literally about, it's not about a narrative. It's not about a story. It's not about the trauma that happened to you. It's literally emotion that you were not able to process. So I think people get stuck in that and they get stuck in a narrative. So when they think they're processing an emotion, they're actually analytically trying to analyze the emotion and it is not processed and they get stuck in a story. Oh my God. I used to do that. I totally, I am so guilty of that because when I started healing, I would journal for hours and hours and hours, analyzing, finding the roots and everything until I discovered the polyvagal theory, how my nervous system was dysregulated, how emotions were trapped in my body. That's why I'm vigilant, probably. Yeah. Very sensitive to hearing. You saw everything. You felt everyone's emotions. Yes. And even up to today, I'm very sensitive to sensory overload up until today. Like I have to wear earplugs and all of this because I'm still a little dysregulated and I do work every day but I understand that it took me it I was years of being with my nervous system dysregulated so I know it's going to take a while for it to regulate and it's like a daily work multiple times throughout the day (laughs) multiple times choosing yeah well you're conscious of it now yes yes yeah yeah so now I am like oh my god I understand trauma and what I made a situation mean and my experience of it, the yes. meaning I gave to something, now I understand the impact it had in my nervous system. And now I'm doing that work more like consciously and every day is like a daily practice multiple times a day whenever something comes up and I notice my body. Like I am so in tune with my body that when I notice or sense a small shift, I'm like, okay, my nervous system, like I'm noticing this and I just go and do the work. But there's a lot of people that are not aware of it. And they keep blaming they, the situation, the person and all of that. And it takes, what do you feel for the people that you help or in just in your belief system that it takes for someone to take ownership and responsibility for healing their side? I, I call it the side of the street somehow, but their own wounding. Because sure. a lot of times, like kind you a, said, kind of a shadow projection. Yeah, sure. we are on victim mentality. We are stuck in this victimhood because we keep blaming. He did this. He hurt me. He cheated on me. Yes. And you didn't deserve that. But then when are you going to take your power back? And with that comes taking responsibility and ownership. Yes, I, I think it's such an individual choice. I think most of the time the clients that I get are a little bit more agreeable. So agreeable is... 
they're they're unlikely to try to fight back or negotiate. So and and it's okay to be agreeable, but you need to know that you got to have that kind of monster in you a little bit. Protect yourself. Like yeah. there's nothing wrong with being aggressive and protecting yourself. So so when I meet with them, it's literally teaching people to be more assertive and to take care of themselves. So what I mean by that is so when someone's agreeable and they become resentful, right? So they, they kind of let things slide by. They're a little bit more codependent and, and they'll let things happen. You don't tell a codependent they're codependent. They have to figure it out for themselves. And, and I hate that because I am, I am assertive. And most of the time I tell people how it is. But in this type of coaching, this is where I take my feminine energy. Like this is where I take where I healed myself. And I had to care for myself and I use that feminine energy for good. Um, so when I, when I meet with people, I try to ask them the questions that get them back to taking responsibility. You are a victim 100%. Everybody is a victim in some way. Maybe you were born underprivileged. Maybe you didn't have the, the things that other people had. Maybe you're, maybe you're a male and you're super short. That's being a victim. It is like maybe, um, you know, maybe you had a loss in your family. Maybe you only had one parent. Everybody is a victim. I'm not saying there's not suffering, but we can either sit in that and, and choose for other people to change it for us. We can act like politicians are going to do something for us. We can act like these like groups are going to do something for us. They are not. You have to own it. And from your individual responsibility of what has happened to you and changing your narrative and story is how you change a collective. So it starts in your community, support your community, support your local businesses, support your own healing, support all nationalities and races. So my hometown is, um, is a refugee city. So we have literally the high school I went to had like 40 flags in it right when you walk in. So I was introduced to that immediately and thrown into it. So, and most of my friends, honestly, the people that were the best to me, I played basketball were black people. I literally, so the first guy that was nice to me was Kenneth Fugate and he was, and he invited me to his home. I didn't know one person. I had been in a small private school that my mom taught it. It wasn't some Richie school. Uh, I was, I basically got free tuition because she taught there. Um, but I, I chose to switch schools my, um, freshman year. So I went to a, a public school, my sophomore year. And literally the only people that accepted me at first were black people. And they were, they were so kind to me. And their families were so kind to me. And it really opened my eyes because I had kind of been like, I had six people in my class, like all white people. Wow. So I, I had never been introduced like to, to culture or like to other people. And I, I, I don't know, it, it was an eye opener and it really made me see people for people. And that's when I got more focused on the individual instead of collectives and groups, because I'm like skin color. Yeah, you can see it. Yeah, that's a masculine energy is to be very grounded here and to visually see things and for order and, and for structure. So, yeah, this person's black, this person's white, this person's tan, whatever. So, but I, I think at the end of the day, that's a manipulation technique and that's used to classify people. And I believe in the individual. I believe that everyone's soul is different, everyone's aura is different. And if you will actually look at the person, yeah, but people say color doesn't matter. It doesn't. That's just part of you. That's fine. You can be, I'm not saying that people are not oppressed, that certain people were not, certain groups and certain people were not treated wrongly, and it's not right. 
But in order, they were victims. But in order for us to move past that, we have to move past a victim mentality or you will stay a victim. Yeah, that is so powerful. Yeah, because I, from my own journey, I was stuck in victim, victimhood for a very long time because I didn't know. I was unconscious. I was, he did this, he cheated on me. I was just blaming everything on him. And recently, this was so, so amazing. My roommate texted me and she's like, so when they ask you about your relationship, your narcissistic abusive relationship, do you say it was all his fault? And I said, no, it was 50-50. He, I didn't deserve, you know what he did to me? I did not deserve any of that. But at the same time, I came into that partnership, that connection unhealed, very wounded, so many unmet needs. I was so codependent. I didn't even know what codependency meant. I didn't even know it existed. I didn't know anything. I'm like, I cannot believe I spent my 20s so asleep. So I left that relationship when I was 31. And and then that's when a year and a half after I left is when I found out I had been emotionally abused, verbally abused. I thought it was just something that I did, that it was my which is, fault. Which is worse than physical abuse. <laughs> yes. I'd, I'd much yes. rather someone physically abused. Oh, yeah. My soul was shattered. My identity. I had no self-love, no self-esteem. Like, I didn't even want to be here. My niece, who is nine, she was born in 2012. She's the reason why I'm here why I chose to be here because I was not going to leave her oh, some I purpose her and I yeah, had some purpose in you. Oh yeah, yeah. She was my purpose. And I like, I love her to pieces. So she was a huge motor for me to start doing the work. So when I started doing the work and I started taking like ownership of it, I was like, Oh my God, this is so painful for my ego <laughs> that, but it's like, it takes a lot to admit that you are also, I don't want to say that on the toxic spectrum, but I was very, hurt very wounded very unhealed my inner child was just hurting left and right and she was the one running my entire relationships you know so it's been a beautiful journey of just taking ownership and taking my power back and saying no you know what it was 50 50 because i also came with this dynamic there's a reason why i attracted this person and i stayed in that and i stay there i kept taking him back there's a reason why because i still hadn't learned the lesson and when i did I walked away and there's I'm a, so, yeah, yeah there's a sense of normalcy and, and there's a sense of like this is what i'm used to so yeah. i i think and and i don't say this directly to codependents because i think they need to figure this out themselves you are literally trying to control the internal world of someone other than you you're literally passively and naively trying to control so you think they're the narcissist hmm. So that's a shadow aspect of a codependent. Your narcissism is being played in their internal world. And that's not to shame codependence because someone that's outwardly narcissistic, which is typically more men, there are women that are like that, but it's typically more men. They are conscious of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You were not conscious of what you were doing. And, and I've been in code. I've been both ends. I've been codependent with people and I've been very narcissistic with women. So I think the balance is there is that codependents are not necessarily conscious and doing it on purpose, but you're trying to control the internal world of another person and avoiding yourself. You are literally avoiding yourself just like they are outwardly avoiding themselves. So they don't have to look internally. Yeah, totally, totally. And I, this is so true because when I was dating him, (laughs) 
I went to the library and I got a book of how to change your man or how to, it was something about me changing him. And I was just like, this is it. This is the book. I'm going to, he's going to change. And you're so focused on him. You're like, Oh, oh yes. I forgot Every, about me. Everything was about him. My world was him. Yes. I put, yep. I took myself down from the pedestal and I put him in the damn pedestal. Yep. He was my everything. And when I found out what he was doing, it just shattered my world completely. But, and then I got the book and then I'm here. So hopeful. And at the end of the book, it kind of said that you have to love yourself. <laughs> oh, good on the author. Oh, yeah, they it, got they kind of do it gently. It. I was pissed. I was so pissed that I read 250 pages for that lame advice. I was so mad. And I was like, Oh my God, I wish I had taken that advice. in. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. yeah. So it was like, I love telling that story because it's so funny. Here I am thinking I'm going to change him. And with this book, he's going to change. No, no. Because like, you're right. I was focusing. My, all my energy was allocated to him. It's a protective to- self. It's avoiding yeah. of yourself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there was a lot of control. Definitely. I wanted to change him. I was but it's but it's more passive, right? Yeah. So it's more so yeah. typically uh, so typically and and you tell me what you think on this. So typically I notice that that feminine energy is more so the the negative side is more manipulative, is more passive, like more passive aggressive, but it gets the same job done as a as a masculine energy that's like you have to do this. I'm controlling you. You have to do this. It's just a different way of going about it. So you can notice so that's the difference, I think, between some a male or, or masculine that is conscious and someone that's unconscious. It's using the shadow side of masculinity because, yes, yeah, there are bad things about masculinity. So typically we vote our temperament. So someone that's more feminine is going to be more left leaning. Someone that's more masculine wants order and control is going to be a little bit more right leaning. Right. So when you think about that, you have to be careful of the shadow aspects of those because what happens with a right totalitarian government? It's controlling, right? It's totalitarian. What happens when a far-leaning left government happens? It's more passive, but it's totalitarian. It's the exact same things that happen. So toxic masculinity and toxic femininity are the same. So you literally go to those aspects and it's for control. It's just different types of control. Right. It's different ways to those outcomes. And you attract both attract each other. (laughs) Yes. So the the only thing and and this is I have no evidence for this. I I was just thinking about it today because I was like, she wants to talk about some feminine energy and polarity and masculinity. Mm -hmm. So women were just recently freed. And I think that was from birth control and contraceptives. They were able to go get jobs like function. They didn't have to worry about their menstrual cycle. They didn't have to worry about being pregnant or being controlled in that aspect, even though they still were like, it's progressively gotten better. I'm afraid of a shadow aspect of a woman being suppressed for so long that they try to literally destroy masculinity. And it's not all bad. I feel like it's almost like they feel like in a way that they have to be more masculine when their feminine energy is their strength. Like you don't have to erase, not all masculinity is toxic and you don't have to erase that. You need to be strong in your energy, whether you're feminine or masculine. Cause I know many women that are naturally very masculine and it's great. I'm like, own it, like accept that and use it. And honestly, the more they use that, the softer they get. Like they start owning the other side of themselves because we're not all one we're a mix. So that's the only thing I worry about. I want to encourage women 
And I like the, the phrase for a feminist that you just support women. If a, if a woman wants to stay home and they want to raise children and they don't want to work and they want to be a mom, good for them. If they want to be a lawyer, a CEO, a doctor, and they want to work and not have children, great for them. So I think we've moved kind of past and it's gotten a little bit toxic. So that's what I think about when I think of a feminist. I think like this woman supports women. So and and the way things are going, it's almost like we're trying to erase men and women in that aspect. Like you don't just be, you know, in and uh, in, in transgenders, like you have to include them. Like I'm not I'm not saying that that there's just male and female. Like you can have transgenders in that community, but you don't have to erase you don't have to erase masculine and feminine energy, male and females in the process. I think it's just used for political purposes, in my opinion. That's such a good point that you made about the feminists because I have my own belief systems against them. Because I mean, not against them, about them. Um, because my family thinks I'm a feminist. Just because I'm into feminine empowerment, they automatically think I'm a feminist. And You're they, more like a classic feminist, though, is what think, it sounds like. I call myself a classic liberal, even though it's like it's overused, but it's I, like old school. I call myself a feminist on the feminine energy spectrum. For some reason, that sounds really good to yeah. me. Yeah. Because when the, my experience with feminist women, and I'm not speaking for every single one of them, it's just my experience, what I have experienced. And because I've been there too, after my toxic relationship, I just became a feminist, but I was on the- You just jumped to, you jumped to that one I side. Was in, yeah, yeah, I was that's, that's on natural. the toxic masculine yeah. side. I yeah. wanted to delete men from the world. Yeah, well, that's, a, that's a natural. Men. You should feel angry. I hated yeah. men. I had rage. I had anger. I had so much anger in me, resentment. I see a man and I would like hate him. I don't care who he was. So that's what a lot of the feminist women do. They want to get rid of men. They hate, not rid of men. Not, they don't want to get rid of men. I think the better way to say it is they think they're better than men. What do you they think want the, to eradicate men? What do you think's behind that? What do you think the actual wound of that is? So speaking like as an individual, not mm -hmm. as like for all women, what do you think's behind that? I think I don't know exactly the wound, but for me, the emotion that comes into play is anger. Sure. We have so much unhealed and suppressed anger as women Would because you, of everything that we have been through. You have a right to be angry. Yeah. It's just like a, for the collective as a society, what women have yeah. been, through, you know, throughout the There's a collective unconscious. Yeah, I mean, it yeah. And now yeah, for me, greatly. it compounded more because of my relationship, my romantic experiences that where I was emotionally abused, where I was cheated on like so many times where he would put me down, where he would make fun of me because I was working out and I had muscles. He would call me like a man and he would just like bully me. Yeah, just control you because you were yeah. better in yourself. Yeah, so you were, um, you were literally strengthening your sense of self. Oh, yeah, because when I left that relationship and I finally started reading books, learning, awakening, and I still went back. I still went back multiple times because I didn't know. I had I was trauma bonded. I did not sure. know how to yeah, detach yeah. from him. And he hated the fact that I was working on myself, that I was working out, that I was drinking water, that I was eating healthier. And then not too long ago, we had contact with each other. And he just said that he was not ready for me to become better because he wanted to keep me in a box. That's how he met me. 
And that's why he just did everything that he did so I can be kept in this little box. That's what so, he- so how does that make you feel now, now that you understand and that you're working on yourself and working through those things? I'm just like, I laugh about it now for some Good. reason. I've done so yeah. much work on it and I've released so much anger. You're not taking yourself him. so serious. No, yeah, like, and yeah. I now I laugh about Good. it because I'm truly over him. Body, mind, and soul, energetically, he's completely out of my system. Like if I hear his name, nothing. If you tell me something about him, nothing. <laughs> so I, now yeah. I laugh about it, but before I, I was, I probably would have been pissed off. So, yeah. so, so everybody thinks that intuition's always correct and that you listen to this. So our intuition is based off our unconscious and our belief that we've put in place. Mm-hmm. So you have to be really careful with that. So people are like, I'm just so attracted to him. I'm drawn to him. It's funny once you start working on yourself and, and healing different aspects and different, you know, and taking things away that are not you and learning who you are and integrating new aspects of yourself that maybe you've rejected or, or weren't aware of. Mm-hmm. When you do that, you start to become unattracted to those type of people. Yes. It, it's almost like that's boring. I'm not going to, I don't want to play that game. I want real intimacy with somebody. I want to be vulnerable and open myself up and take that risk. Instead of the risk of going down this hole, abandoning myself and doing everything for them, being codependent, and then being left high and dry, resentful and angry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is a great point because part of the codependency is the self-abandonment because we are immersed into him, into him, and we just self-abandon. Avoidance of self. And it's not just women. Men do this too. Oh, yes. Yeah, men do this too. So it's more of that guy that's so... Especially when I work with men, there's a difference between being nice and being kind. Oh my God. Yes. So, and everybody's like, oh, everybody says that. And, and I love this. So, so Jordan Peterson gets a bad rep. He's actually a big humanitarian and is like on the global board for, um, for, uh, the environment and works and all this stuff. But so, so he works with people too. He's a psychologist. He works with people that are more agreeable. So one of his quotes I love is that, um, a good man, I'm going to butcher this quote. So basically he's talking about a, a good man is not some passive like um, man that, that is not going to bother things, but he, a good man is somebody that understands his darkness and his ability for aggression and, and anger and war and murder. And he understands that and has it under control. So a, con- a, a nice man, a passive man that's not going to speak his mind, that's not going to be assertive, that's not going to make decisions, that is an angry, resentful man. Now, a man that is a good man is going to speak his mind, is not going to react to you, is going to respond to you and tell you why he thinks what he thinks and what decision he would make unless you make your own decision. So that, that's the difference between a nice man and a kind man. A nice man is a resentful angry man. A kind man is an active man, is grounded here, is grounded in in reality, is in his body and is present with you. And he's going to let you make a decision, but he's going to let you know what he thinks and why he thinks it. So that's the difference. And it's huge. And you feel it with people. That's actually a really good um, topic because a lot of people, I used to be nice. I'm still nice, but for me, being nice is more on the people pleasing side for me. Do you recognize it? You have that little, you have that kind of growl about you now, which leads, you know, you're not going to act like that, which leads to resentment. 
which yes, leads to anger. Because, which you, exactly because why? So yeah. because you didn't stand up for yourself. Yeah. You didn't say you didn't say your needs. My, my self-expression. I'm not self-expressed. I can't speak up. I can't place boundaries. So I'm just people pleasing, sitting here like a good girl, you know, because that's what mom and dad wanted. So I get angry yeah. about it now. And I was like, no, I'm not nice. I'm kind, kind, kind. passionate, you, empathic. I understand. You choose to be kind. Yeah. There's yes. a difference. Yes. So I think people don't understand. You can be a monster with people and you can be aggressive with people. And there's nothing wrong with that. If someone crosses your or violates you, you have every single right to be aggressive, mean. And I don't even care if you're malicious with those type of people. You have to have that side. If you don't, you end up over here. This is when you get sick. This is when chronic symptoms happen. This is when you get passive aggressive. This is when this is when men beat women. This is when men are angry. This is why, and I don't know the exact percentage, it's over 75%. It's males that commit suicide. They are literally so pinned up in themselves with anger, resentment, and every single emotion they're unwilling to express that they kill themselves. They put so much pressure on themselves. So that's what I fear. Men are showing anger to protect themselves from all of this. And then women are angry and rightfully so about what has happened through what has happened to them. And I understand that. And I'm not a woman, so I don't fully understand that. But but I try to place myself in people's shoes and feel that out. So this anger is meeting head on head and it's very unhealthy and it's super dangerous. And honestly, it's going to take men stop being weak men and to actually be men and realize that is opening your heart and being vulnerable to those you trust, building brotherhood and friendships with other men and refusing to live in this old school mentality that you completely sacrifice yourself. So I said, I think masculine, the difference between boyhood and manhood is it's not about me anymore. And that means direct focus on yourself because that's how you take care of everybody else. It's backwards of what people think. Yeah. So what helped you make that switch of taking care of yourself? Because I don't even think that's a thing that men realize that they're there. They have the right to do. Complete brokenness. I think I, um, I was working 80 hours a week. This is probably six years ago, working 80, 90 hours a week, constantly making a great income, ignoring my needs. Um, drinking way too much alcohol, um, being involved in other drugs just to try to keep myself awake and functioning and getting in a toxic relationship, not based off her. It was just based off circumstance. It was a 50-50 mutual. I think just wasn't a good relationship. But after that, it literally, it broke me. That's when I kind of broke away from um, Christianity. That's when I kind of started looking at, there are some amazing things about Christianity. And I love the metaphysical stories about them. And I, I think it was in place and it was a great structure for most of society. Even um, people don't realize like Islam, I work with several Muslims and it's almost identical to Christianity in this conflict. Yes. And this conflict. So the metaphysical background and the identity of it is almost identical if you actually look at it. So Studying that, it literally, so it ripped my belief system. So I didn't know. So it honestly really let me develop, I guess, my more feminine energy, taking care of myself, um, being very introspective, um, questioning what I actually believed, how to take care of myself. 
So how to like parent myself, how to, how to look at what I actually believe versus what I've been told to believe. So I think that was probably my rude awakening. Of course, I had been interested in psychology and philosophy and, you know, I exercise coach for a long time and, and mostly I do life coaching or self-coaching. Now I still have a small studio here and, and I have an office space um, that I use for both those things. But I think it really was just getting broken down from that. And then understanding that I literally create my reality. I literally, so if we, if we live in this fearful world, it's because we're living under psychosis of someone else's reality. That's why I said, don't place your faith in politicians. Don't place your faith in all these kind of leaders and those type of things. It's literally your perception. It's your world. And if you take care of yourself, it impacts everyone around you. So don't start from this, like this global collective, this leader top down and it trickles down. That's not how it works. I think it works by the individuals getting better and it trickles from there and it gets those type of people out of power and it takes control back with people, which becomes a collective. So if we individually work on each other, what happens to our um, collective unconscious? It's great. Like we don't even have to look into those unconsciousnesses anymore because people are individually looking into themselves. Yeah. Wow. That's so powerful. So how can men step more into their feminine energy when they're, when they, cause I'm pretty sure when a lot of men hear that they're like, what? I'm not a woman. <laughs> they already, they go there because they are not aware of what it is. And they're not aware of that. It's okay to take care of themselves, to open their hearts and all those things. So, and I'll share something personal and I don't talk about it a lot because, so I don't have a relationship with my father. I, I, I don't. Um, and, and my father went through so much. I can't even comprehend how he even made it. I have no idea. And I don't like to say things that are going to hurt him if he listens, but I haven't had a relationship with him. I guess it's been about 12 years and it was the best decision I ever made. Um, and and, and the reason why, so you have to, he almost denied his own feminine nature. He was unwilling to look into himself. He was unwilling to look and be like, I am, I have had terrible things happen to me. I'm a victim of these things, but I don't have to stay here. So I love him. I don't judge him for that, but I chose a different path. So for me, stepping into my feminine was realizing that my father gave me so many aspects of masculinity that are great, assertive, like his, his ability, he stand, he protects his own, like he, he provides, like, uh, and he did it at all costs, um, even to his own health. So it's okay to take aspects of masculinity, but also I would not be here without me developing my feminine energy, taking care of myself. Like, and that's what I'm trying to help men with. So men wonder why they feel like shit and they're overweight and they work out and they have no energy. It's because literally they are not, they are denying care for themselves based off a belief that is outdated and unhealthy. So for a man to be like, Hey, yeah, I'm not saying you have to be a baby. You don't have to whine about every ink and pain. Like I, I'm women have to bear children. So I, when men say something, I'm like, shut up. Most of the time, shut up. Unless they're really sick. Like if they're hurting or something, I'm like, I'm sorry, man. Like, let's see if we can fix something about this. So, but denying 
that they are hurting, denying that they have emotion, they, that is literally making men sick. So it's funny the difference. So the difference in, I can tell when someone's very strongly feminine because I have a masculine energy. So when I walk in the room, I'm like, oh, hello. Like, I feel that over there. I might go talk to that person. So, and not necessarily, it's always an attraction thing. It's just a curiosity. It's like, okay. It's like, I feel that draw. I feel that magnetism towards somebody like that. So the more men accept their feminine nature that is within every single man, the more masculine they become. So it's honestly, if we try to make men and women super equal, so the studies on this, if you try to make men and women, men and women super equal, they actually become more different. But if you let people rest in their feminine and masculine nature, they actually become more similar. And it's crazy. So the more they accept their feminine energy, the more they take care of themselves, the more they process those emotions, the more masculine and attractive they become to feminine people. That's so good. And it's not only, it is so true for men, but it's also very true for women too. I was disconnected from my own feminine energy for years. I didn't even, I was not in tune with my body whatsoever. My Did it make you more masculine? Yeah, oh, yeah. I was, like, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I was very type A, very uh, masculine. And I'm a Control. very, high, yes, I'm an Aries. I have a lot of fire in me. And my human design is also, it states that I'm more on the masculine energy side, which is fine. But I was so masculine, trying to control, trying to hustle, do it all. I'm going to fix it. I'm going to fix him. I'm going to save him. <laughs> like all of that, all of that. I had it all in me. Perfectionist, control freak, all of that. Well, and I was you, so you, you had been taught that if you didn't, yeah. you were going to be controlled. Oh, yeah. So you you yeah. had to take control of your own life. Yeah. So would you say it wasn't necessarily about the masculine energy, the men or the women that acted that way? It was more about what you had seen. Like no, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It was based on my conditioning, my programming, my belief systems of how, when I grew up, what I, my dad taught me, what I learned from him and everything. I just wanted to be like my dad. Cause if I felt like I pleased him like that, if I was very strong, very go-getter, like he was going to love me more, you know? So it's almost like that root chakra was yeah. like, you're not worthy to be here unless I seek this approval because oh. I was not shown what just genuine love for someone is yeah, yeah. and yeah. i was so you, were, you didn't feel worthy yeah i was so disconnected from my emotions that i didn't even know what anger felt in me with so my that was ex, like, it's like yeah. a shadow aspect that's yeah. why you felt resentful because yeah, it was with a my ex with my ex like yeah. i would be so mad but i would suppress it and just act like nothing happened when i was so pissed on the inside but i didn't know that was anger i didn't even know the emotion how emotions felt in my body how do you express, how did you, if you don't, so I was curious to ask you this, like, how did you learn to express anger and how did you learn to accept that it was okay? And also how did you learn to identify how, where it felt in your body? Was it scary? Was it a scary process? Like, how did that work? It was a very scary process because I had so much hate in me, like so much hate, so much anger, so much rage. And I would lash out on people I would just be a bitch straight bitch face I would just be so mean to everyone so I knew it but then when I would go in my room I would feel so much shame 
so much shame for doing that because I'm like that is not me if they only knew my heart is so huge I'm like I, I am full of love I'm just so afraid so I would go into that place when I would be alone but with people I would just put up a wall be a straight bitch def- like so defensive because I didn't want to get hurt so when I started healing and I started realizing that it was healthy to be angry that it was okay to be rageful for everything that had done that was that I had gone through and I had allowed myself to be in because I kept going back to him so I put myself back in that situation knowing that so I had a lot of anger toward myself for doing that and I just I was just so much rageful like honestly that one day I just started like punching the pillow I just started punching the pillow and I just felt the anger in my gut and I just felt the anger like in my arms and I just started feeling the anger everywhere. And I was like, okay, if I was anger, how would I express myself? And I would just go at it with a pillow. And And then that that didn't hurt anybody. No, it didn't. And then it progressed to doing EFT while saying, speaking out exactly how I felt. Yeah. So you did some tapping. Yes. And sometimes if I didn't, I I needed to scream, I would go and take a drive and I would still be driving, doing EFT with one hand, screaming out, crying, telling him I hated him, everything I felt toward him. I would just say it. It's so weird how much that works. Oh my God. I think people, people, I think I got it from, um, I think when I had gone through my uh, Lyme disease and when I was kind of, you know, kind of feeling a little bit broken, um, I think it was Gabby Bernstein. I think that's where I got it from. I think it was a judgment detox. Oh, I love uh, that book. I love yeah, that book. So great. A hard book. Yeah. If you're, if you're not ready for it, you're going to be very offended. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. But I think she just did a great job of explaining most of the judgment we place on people. We're just judging ourselves. Yes. They were, we are completely harming ourselves. Yes. And then when I was doing the work for the anger and all of that, because I was like, oh, my God, this is what it is. This is why I'm so depressed. This is why I'm so miserable and unhappy. I have all this anger that I have suppressed because it's not okay to be angry. You owned it. It is not okay to be angry. And okay to hold it. Yeah. Yes. And then when I was in Mexico last year, oh, perfect timing, because I would get rocks and I would just throw them on the floor. And now because I was back again with my parents. I was living with oh, my so in Mexico. You're probably, so you're probably very triggered there. Childhood yeah. stuff came up to the point that they were not doing anything to me, but it was just like it was triggering you. Triggering. It, was, it was for you. It was, yes, it was almost yes. like, and an I epi- was like, and it and I was how like, everything lines up when you take ownership. Yeah. It's like, oh, literally every single thing happens for you. And people are like, oh, that's you're manipulating yourself. No, it's literally you are choosing your perspective. I can live in misery or I can rewrite this. And the funny, yeah, so true. And the funny thing is that it's not that I was avoiding doing a lot of like healing around my parents, but I avoided being around my parents for long periods. And look at that. COVID brought me back to Mexico where it all started and put me back in a situation where I could not leave unless I healed. So I did. And at the same time, my ex-husband was there. So I was also doing inner work around that. And that's when I separated, when I decided to separate. So it was like, double my parents mom dad ex-husband <laughs> you know That's a lot all at once yeah so this is when i when i increase the work around emotions especially anger rage resentment i was like i thought i had healed so much apparently i haven't because here i am i'm sitting with my dad literally and i am like my nervous system is just 
activated. I am in sympathetic mode. I am shaking on the inside. My dad's not doing anything. He's just eating. But I noticed that the microwave, I did not zero out the minutes. You know, sometimes like I put the microwave and I have this bad habit that I don't let it end. <laughs> and I always take the things out and I always put like it has minutes left or seconds left. And my dad doesn't like that. So I'm like here staring at the microwave. I was like, oh my God, my dad's going to see that. My dad's going to see that. Oh my God, I did something better. Oh my God, he's going to take away his love. Like I just started going crazy on the inside, but I'm trying to stay collected. Yeah. But my inner child was terrified. And what does that do? It sends terrified. signals to your unconscious and literally what happens? A million different thoughts to run or fight or, or freeze yes. goes through your head. Does it not? Yeah. Yes. So yeah. then I just- That's the child controlling the parent. Yeah. And I got up and then I just, my dad didn't do anything. He didn't say anything, but going back to childhood that he would get upset about things like that. I was just like, Oh my God, he's the moment I do something wrong. He takes away his love. That's what my dad used to do. And he continues to yeah. do that. And he does the yeah. silent treatment. And I was like, and probably I, not necessarily all on purpose. No, of yeah, course not. No, yeah, because yeah. he's unconscious. He's wounded. So yes, I understand yes, that now. Yeah. But it's like, I work so hard to build this relationship with my dad. Now that I'm here, he says that he's going to be mad and he's going to take away his love. And he just gave me flowers yesterday. And I was like going through all of this. And, and what were you craving the whole time, though? I relationship just, with yourself, was yeah. it not? Yeah. 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 So I went. So awesome. I went outside and I just threw some rocks because I was um, upset and it was like a temper tantrum type of thing, inner child work energy. And yeah. And I released it and I came back and everything was fine. I'm like, here I am. I'm catastrophizing or however you say that word. How something. Much, yeah. How much growth did you feel in that? Like what's, so what's the difference between you being able, so it's almost like you develop so much more of what your masculine energy and it made you, you're so feminine. Like literally right when we got on and talked before, I was like, she is so feminine, but she is strong. So I think people think that feminine energy is weak, feminine energy. And people take this analogy wrong is chaos. It's literally women, feminine energy, whether that's a man or woman, whatever creates the world. So think of it as a flow of water. It's literally creating our world and a masculine energy. Think about it as temperament and how we vote. We like borders. We like, we like to know what happens that we like, we like everything to be organized, right? That's more masculine energy, whether that's a man or a woman. Yeah. Very whatever. structured. Yeah. Yes. So it's almost like women or people that are more feminine create the world, but the masculine energy keeps somewhat of borders, even though it's very yeah. flexible. And when that's balanced, things work very well, but it's so chaotic because people are either trying to be all masculine or they're trying to be all feminine. Yeah. And, and there's no balance. Yeah. For me, what's worked really good is the analogy that my masculine is the container. My masculine energy is my container is how I'm rooted, how I am kept strong. How yes. I'm yeah. You're holding yourself in my wild cyclical divine no, feminine can you, flow but around, <laughs> but you're holding yourself. It's yeah. like you would enjoy a masculine energy around you, but you don't have to have it. It's yeah. like, it would be, it is natural for me to be drawn towards that, but I don't have to have it. I would like for that to be here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's been such a beautiful journey of like coming back into myself, like removing everything that isn't me, the conditioning, the programming, the belief systems, my culture, 
everything that is just not me has never been me. And that has created a lot of chaos in my family because my parents are against so many of my new belief systems, <laughs> especially that I am not Catholic anymore. And my mom is like, that's not, oh man, re- yeah. And then they, they always throw you the guilt trip that that's not how we raise you. God is going to punish you. I'm like, I think he already did that if he ever did, because look at where I ended up in relationships. I think I am good in that department. Or they made comments that I'm never going to be happy unless I go to church and all those things. And now I'm at the point that I'm like, oh, it's okay. That's the way you think. I don't need your approval validation. I no longer need to please you or do things for you to love me. Like they love me the way oh. they can love me, not the way that that, I, that makes my heart feel good. Yeah. It's so, almost like how empowering that is. How yeah. empowering is that for you? Like, so how does that make you feel? So Where do you feel it? Where do you feel that? Right in your now, body? I hear yeah. my heart. So yeah. 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 So, I, want, I try to explain to people. It's like when you're releasing um, stored emotion. I got very, goosebumps in here. Yeah. Yes. It's very uncomfortable, but it feels like a release. So that's, that's the fear people have with sitting with themselves. When you're suppressing things, you are very heavy all the time. Yeah. We, we, try to, we, try, we try to separate our mind and our bodies. We even try to do that in our medicine. Oh, take this pill. And I'm not saying modern medicine. I, there are some medicines I think people need. And, and pharmaceutical companies, I, I remember the, I read it, a couple articles about the, the lady that would process us through what drugs were good and she would meet with those reps and then meet with the FDA. And she said about 10% of people in the pharmaceutical companies really care about you and they really want things to happen. The other 90% are greedy, malicious, and want your money. Mm-hmm. So, so I look at medication as there are things that you cannot control. And there are some things ge- genetically that are off balance and you may not understand how to fix those and take those, but um and those are okay to use, but naturally we can heal ourselves. I love Joe Dispenza's work. Um, the chiropractor, like he's incredible. Um, I love being able to create a different reality and that it's all within us and that's under our control and that we can choose to look at things differently and we can change our minds whenever we want to. Yeah, that is so powerful. And yes, we create our own realities. And when I realized that I was like, Oh, I'm like, I don't like this reality. So I, it's my choice. Um, and that's very masculine of you. Yeah. That's empowering yourself. That's mm-hmm. taking action on that. And it made you more feminine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Because like I said, like, I, I, I don't think I finished looping around that. Uh, how Sorry, I, I interrupted no, you. No, it's okay. Yeah, no, I, and I, I like, I love ideas. I like I'm very open. I'm like, oh, I get a little bit distracted. No, so and this I'm just getting excited. How, this is how I like my podcast because it's like, I'm talking to you. I'm sitting in front of you. We're having coffee or tea or whatever. Sure. And just bouncing ideas and get off topic and we come back. This is why my podcast is raw, it's unfiltered. It's just like a true conversation. It's not scripted. <laughs> We're going with the flow. It's intuitive. But what I was saying with the feminine energy, how I was so disconnected, I ended up with a lot of health issues, which I'm still struggling. More like chronic struggling. issues. Yeah. That yet are happening. But yeah, yeah. The biggest impact for me that I realized that I was so disconnected from my feminine is because I was disconnected from my womb. I had on you uh uterine fibroid which Mm -hmm. is um it's it's like um like a tumor but it's a benign so i had it it was removed a few years ago so i have fibroids i had cysts i lost an ovary i have endometriosis so i ended up with every single issue in the reproductive health system 
And for me, that's when I realized I was like, wow, that is not, that's a huge sign that I'm so disconnected from my feminine. I'm disconnected from my uterus, like you're, you're my literally sacral trying to chakra, yes. where I yeah. create life. I'm your able sexual to create, energy. Yeah, my yeah. sexual energy. I was so disconnected from that. So I do believe that everything that I, my past, my childhood conditioning, programming, how so more than anything, suppressing my emotions, my anger, my resentment led me to have all those issues in my reproductive system. And some do come genetic because my mom also had some, yes. uh, some reproductive health yeah. issues. So I'm not saying it's not genetic. It totally is. It can be passed down from lineage to lineage. And what I learned is that in my uh, in my feminine lineage, there were a lot of miscarriages. And now so, I have, and now I have, and they were, uh, my grandma had like 12 children, like back in the day in Mexico, women and everywhere, you know, but especially in Mexico, yeah, we have yeah. a lot of children. Oh, and my we're, family, we're a refugee city, literally yeah. like people that come in have like six or seven kids and oh we're like, God. you have a lot of kids. They're like, it's cultural. And the feminine, the women in my feminine lineage are people pleasers, codependent, self-sacrificing. They do everything for the man. They're ancestral trauma. Yeah. Stay at home moms, which there's nothing wrong with that, but it's just how I grew up. I grew up in that. Yes. If you choose that, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Here I am. Here I am, 37 years old, afraid of being a mother. Afraid of being a mother. So I shut down myself and I've been afraid of being a mom for so long, but it's just because I realized it was this ancestral trauma from my feminine lineage that I'm carrying now. So I am doing a lot of work on that, but I'm still like, I don't know if I want to have children. (laughs) Like I'm 37 already. Like I'm okay. If I don't, I'm an amazing auntie, but I do realize, I realized that, that I was like, wow, we got to work on that feminine energy, healing that, healing the womb. And that's why I started my business because of that, because of my own journey, how I, I was able to improve my menstrual cycles. They were so painful before. And now you're, you're like I, conscious during them. Yes. Eckhart Tolle has a big thing on that. in his first, the power of now mm. talks about being conscious, women being conscious during their menstrual cycle. It's really good. Yes. Yeah. And now it's just made such a difference in my life. And now it's like, oh my gosh, like my endometriosis, it's like not even painful. Like maybe some periods, especially if I experienced stress the month before or two months before, like I can totally see it show up. And I just use my menstrual cycle as my anchor. That's what anchors me back. But when I reconnected with myself, a lot of the health issues went away, even I lost weight too. <laughs> I was not able to lose weight for so long. Oh, so well, and a lot of that was probably emotional baggage. I always say well, yeah. people Energetic that are overweight, that's yeah. just, they chose a different drug than other people. And it's more obvious. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been, it's been truly like amazing journey healing and I'm still healing. It's an ongoing journey. I see triggers come up and I'm like, okay, let's look at this. But now I'm curious about it. Now I'm excited about it <laughs> instead yeah. of. You're observing it instead of like buying into it. <laughs> instead of saying, oh my God, here we go again. I thought I had healed that. Instead of being mad, I'm like, oh my God, You're what is this about? Up. Yes. Yeah. Now I'm excited and curious about it because I'm like, that means that I'm awake, I'm conscious, I'm catching things that I wasn't catching before. So it's very exciting now for me. Yeah, that's awesome. And it's funny because that's actually a more masculine trait. So you you become conscious and you're grounded here. And you start, but then you use a feminine energy to, to analyze and look internally. 
So that's what I don't think people understand about the balance. So sometimes the more um, feminine that some men appear to act, the more strong, like the more masculine I know they are. So I'll use my, my therapist as an example, and I'm going to embarrass him because he'll probably listen to this too. But so he's like six, five, probably two twenty. played college football. I mean, his arms are bigger than my legs. He's got like long, like, like hair, like just a full beard. He looks like a Viking and he's literally from Minnesota and it's almost a hundred percent Viking from Norway. So the guy's a beast, but he can make you feel he is so vulnerable and open in his practice. And he'll, he will, he will meet you where you're at, but that's probably the most masculine man I've ever met in my life. And, and when people meet him, they're like, He's so kind and he's so sweet to you. I was like, I would never mess with him ever. Like he would destroy me. So it, it was a great example for me because I never got to see a masculine man like that. So in a, in a way, I took aspects of him and I created, you know, and I had a neighbor that passed away that was um, very good to me and kind to me and taught me how to play sports. And so I knew I was conscious very early on five or six. Like I knew I had to piece together what I thought a, a man should be. So from that though, it's like the more kind and open and giving a man is the more masculine they are. Yeah. And they don't have to prove that. That's amazing. And for me, when I see a man, open up, be vulnerable, not be afraid to show his emotions. For me, that's a sign of strength. And for me, that's highly attractive. It's sexy for you, isn't it? It is yeah. so sexy. I, and yeah, I was recently, well, not recently, but a few weeks ago, I met someone, uh, a guy who I thought it was great and everything until I started seeing how unavailable he was emotionally. And for me, this like- turn oh, you off? Oh, completely, oh, completely progress. because what progress had, that is. he had just gone through um, uh, some accident at work where he got electrocuted and he couldn't, he could barely walk and everything. And I chose to, I was like, hmm, that's curious. I wonder why I met him. Let me see what it's, what's here for me. What medicine, what message he's, he has for me to sure. learn. So I started talking to him and everything. Great guy. He has beautiful intentions and everything, but he does not know how to go there emotionally, especially for a woman like me, <laughs> what I need, what I desire in a relationship. So something happened that one of his uncles died. And I'm the type of person that I'm like, I'm here for you. What do you need? Like, like reach out for me. Like, how do you feel? I go into the feelings right away. How do you feel? And he just said to me, I, pro I feel better if I'm alone in this process. And you listened to him, though. That's shot, the difference. And he shut me down and he shut me down. He closed the door for me that day. And I was like, OK, I'm like, well, I hope uh, you feel better. I hope um, everything works out for you. I wish you the best. And I ended contact with him. You know, and in a way, I respect that of him, too. Yeah. That, and, and I think it's awesome that. So a lot of people get stuck in this cycle. Someone says, I'm just really not ready to be with somebody, but it's okay if you stay around. Uh, no. So when people say how they're feeling, listen to them. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. I th well, that just says a lot about you too, that you chose to go ahead and exit that when he said that, because yeah. he meant that. Yeah. And he put that took a lot, it probably took a lot for him to say that too. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't know. He just said, he just didn't want to talk about it. He's like, I process better alone. 
I want to be alone. And I was like, okay, we were not together, (laughs) but okay. I'm like, I respect that. I understand that. Didn't know each other or anything. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, you do what you need to do. I wish you the best. I hope everything works out. I hope you feel better because he's still going through his own health issue. Sure. And And, well, that leaves the door open too. If he gets better and he wants to be like, Hey, I just, I'm doing better. I just want to reach out to you. That Mm -hmm. leaves it actually functional. If he wanted to go come back to it. Yeah. Instead of like him being like, Oh, I'm not doing well, but stay Mm -hmm. around and like care for me. Yeah. Yeah. So I just let him be. And I was like, you know what? I'm like, it's okay. Because this is what I have learned. You have to allow people to be themselves, their true selves, to show you their true colors at the beginning of a connection with someone. Because yes. then you can learn if you want to be with that within that energy or within that container or not. Can you, I accept right that? away, women go into fixing, oh, I want him to text me more. I want him to do that because I've done it. And then this time around, when I'm like dating post-divorce, I'm like, no, I'm going to allow my, I'm going to lean back. I'm going to allow him to show me his effort to show me his intentions. I'm going to allow him to talk to me. I'm going to connect with him. I'm not going to play into this games that he didn't text me in three hours. Okay. I'm not going to text him until it's five hours. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going to do that. I text fast. If somebody texts me, I reply fast because my phone is always there. I don't do games. I'm like, I'm not going to do any of that because that's manipulative and controlling. So I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to lean back, allow to get myself to get to know this person for who they are. And then I will decide if I want to continue contact or not. You've decided that you are not focused on if they like you, you are concerned if you like them. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent now, because that was a bit that was I used to do the opposite and obviously it didn't work out for me. So now it's like, I'm like, do they deserve a second date? Do they deserve my energy? Do they deserve me to even put energy, time, effort? Um, like, do I like how I feel with when they text me or when they don't text me? If they don't text me for me, that's like a big no. If they they go like days without texting, I'm like, they're not showing me effort. I don't like how that feels. I don't want nothing to do with that person. Oh, what's so would you say consistency is attractive oh, for like you? Consistency. Yeah. So even, even if you guys are fighting, even if like someone's upset, if they text you in the morning, they still yeah. text you. Hey, I know like, Hey, I'm sorry. We got in a fight. Just wanted to tell you good morning. Yes. I don't want someone to shut down because my dad did that for so many years. I know what that feels and I don't desire to feel that anymore. Like being alone. For me is one of the most important things now is how are they during conflict? How are they during arguments? How are, how do they react? How do they act? How do they like, what's their energy like? How do they act toward me? When we have a disagreement, like that is huge for me now because I've been in relationships where they scream at me, they lash out at me that yeah. I'm terrified to get into the car with them because it's just terrifying. So I'm like, I never want to go there again. <laughs> so I already know. I already know what I don't want, what I do want. So now it's so much easier for me to like talk to this man, not make it mean anything and just allow myself to decide because I get to choose. They don't get to choose. Yes. Yeah. And so let me ask you this, if you, if you don't mind. So how, how much more open are you sexually? Um, how much more open are you intimately with them? Um, building them, building them up and letting them build you up and care for you. If you feel safe. Oh, so much more. Yeah. So you become a different person. 
I become a different person. And this is what I learned. It's when your feminine is, energy flows from that. Yes. And yep. this is the, my, my TikTok that went viral is this thing that I said. I'm I, so old. I don't use TikTok. I need to get <laughs> No, it. You know what? I refuse to download it for the longest time. I just and don't understand how to use day, it. No, work. one day I just did. And then I started posting things. I'm like, oh, this is kind of okay. Because I'm just posting like tips, things like that, that have sure. And one day I was like sitting in my car. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm just going to say something that I have. I want to say. And I said, we don't fall in love with the person at the beginning. We fall in love with how we feel about ourselves in their presence, how they make us feel. Yes. So in a way, I fell in love with who I was when I was with him. Yes. So if he made me feel more confident, I just loved how that felt. I and love, and I'm that like, that was That's actually me. you making yourself feel that way. Yes. Yeah. And I'm like, that is still me. So literally I'm actually in love with how I feel about myself when I'm yes. confident. And he's just mirroring the fact that I need to work on that need because I was not confident. So I, I started doing that and I'm like, okay, I'm like, literally, like I, I'm like falling in love with myself all the time. Then <laughs> that's such a cool it. perspective shift. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. That's super. And literally. I, I tell people I'm like, they're like, oh, you make me feel good. I'm like, you made yourself feel good. Yes, you, yes. If you saw something in me, literally that's because it's in you. Yes. And where I'm going to with that statement is the fact that I love how I feel when I'm playful, when I have banter, when I say a healthy childish. Yes. So it's not a childish tantrum. It's a, Uh, um, why do you think people call each other baby uh, and why each other like (laughs) they they sweet talk each other because you feel like a child again, Yes. like you feel you can be vulnerable and you can be open. Oh my God. Because you're not judged. You're not judged. You can be your silly self. You can be men too. You can say things that you never thought you would say to someone because yeah. they welcome that and you just feel like so good. And I just yeah. love it. It makes you feel like a kid. It's like a puppy. So I have a, um, it's funny because the way that I am and I have a seven pound shit zoo. Oh. So she is my <laughs> sweet little muffin. And it's when men come in here or when men come in the talk or they do exercise coaching, what do they do when they see her? Oh my goodness, you little oh, sweet baby. The biggest burly masculine men and women that come in, you know, that are controlling everything. They come in and they talk like it's a it's a little child. So it's it's fun to to see people vulnerable and open to in doing that, especially in relationships. Yeah, it's it's awesome to witness. And of course, it's great to experience yourself. But and I I shared this with someone that I was um, intimate once and I said, I if I don't feel safe. I am not going to open up to you intimately and I am no. not going to be able to reach that state that I need. And I'm not going to be able to have a good experience. Like I just can't, I need to be emotionally connected with a person. I need to feel safe. And that person felt like thought that I meant safe as in like he was going to hurt me or kill me. I'm like, no, no, I'm, I'm like emotionally talking about safe. emotional safety. Can, can you in my chaos and in my storm, can you not react to me? And can you be steady and can you be in your body and can you just be there with me and not try to fix it and not try to change anything and just let you process through that. I'm going to tell you for, for men or people that are more masculine natured and they want to attract someone feminine, that is the most masculine thing that you can do. Be calm in that storm. Do not react no matter 
what and that does not to say that men are not feeling fearful and that they don't necessarily understand how to react to that chaos but if you can contain that and understand that and and be a rock during that and process it later be like man that you can go tell your buddies that was hard for me like like i love her and like her doing that like it was hurting my heart but like i knew that she was in something else in a different state and that she did not mean that and I was able to stay and be with her in that. So how attractive is that for someone that's more feminine? That is so attractive. And I've never had that. So, so it's, but now you're able to understand and that's what you seek. Yeah. So that's that more it's polarity. Yeah. Yes, 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 definitely. Because women, we are so chaotic emotionally. Come on. We go through our monthly cycle every season coordinated with the moon and we oh yeah and we act like like it's not oh that's not real the moon has eight faces but if you think about it every single day the moon changes so it's like 31 30 faces that we go through every single day and the moon highly affects our emotions as women as men too like the plants the like the oceans everything right so we are chaotic every single day of the month we are wild. And this is where the inner work comes in because we can be that, but we can also be emotionally intelligent and know how to not manage our emotions, but master our emotions. And it's okay if we have those moments that we don't, we're humans, you know, but I want to be able to be with a man that can hold space for me, for my wild, chaotic self, when I'm going through the downs and ups without trying to fix me, without trying to tell me what to do or him storming out by him just being my strength at that moment, because that's what I need. Yes. Yeah. And it's, and I think for men too, especially it's not that you're not going to mess up. It's like, I still, well, this, because of this conversation, you know, it, it activates not just masculinity, which is my natural state. Like it makes me excited and a little bit, like I want to go off on ideas and I'll interrupt more. So I want to like, it's not to interrupt somebody. It's like, get excited. And I want to, and I want to be animated and talk about it. And, 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 and for people to realize that that's okay to do that. And there's nothing wrong with moving into your feminine energy with that. But it, I think it's just a balance and people understanding that balance and that you use your, you literally accepted your masculine energy to make yourself more feminine. Like, I, I just think that's super cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, totally. And today I was having a beautiful conversation with someone and he said to me something about like women being angry and a story about a past relationship he went through. And I'm like, it's okay. A lot of women are angry and and we just don't know how to channel that. So we lash out, we snap, we do all these things. And I'm Latina. So right away, he said to me that Latinas are, you know, watch out, you're a Latina and you're very angry, very fiery. I was like, my fire comes in passion in my passion you're an you're an individual it doesn't matter your genetics yeah in my passion for my growth in my passion for who i am who i'm becoming my nieces if i see someone taking advantage of my nieces or something i will come at them (laughs) like no question but through my healing work i have learned to channel my anger alone on my own and then process it and be able to come to a more collected space where not, I'm not emotionally charged and communicate to someone that has hurt me or has made me or where I felt upset in the interaction that I will communicate with that. 
But and then he's just like, well, you're a different type of Latina. I'm like, no, I'm not Latina. I'm just I'm just awakened. I just have done the work. I'm like, we're the same. Just some of us have done the work. Some of us haven't projecting themselves onto you. I think people forget that the hero is always a fool and a monster before they're a hero. Yeah. Yeah, They're always a fool and a monster. You have to realize like, it's okay to be a monster sometimes and to harness that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, I feel like anger is such a healthy emotion that can be channeled to help achieve your goals, to help you go. So it's resentment. Yeah. All of it is. It's so useful. It's so, can be so bad, but it's so useful. And yeah, I think we have been condi- yeah, we have been conditioned to see them as negative emotions or negative feelings or negative when er- they're just neutral. We're the ones that put in the charge to it. We're the ones that putting a meaning to it. Yes. And, and, you know, I was talking with a client about this today. It's until you're able to actually feel and process your emotion without analytically trying to go through all of it and analyze every single detail of it. You have to process and feel the emotion, then you can change the story. But if you don't, you're going to be resentful. It's almost like someone's manipulating you to change your perspective on something. And that's so that's not how that works. That's why men or people that are more masculine, they're with someone more feminine. You have to sit there in that because they're figuring it it out. You're literally holding space for them on the earth like you're here you're grounding them, you're allowing them to go into their chaos and letting them be in the clouds. And you got the hand, you got your hand though. And you just glide on back down. That's literally what happens. So how can we as women help men or not help men, but inspire them to reconnect to their feminine energy? Like, I know it's not our responsibility. It's not our job. It's not like I'm conscious. Now I want to make you conscious. No, but how can we and we, bring that inspiration to them. We want you to be so proud of us, and we don't want to admit it. We want you to be so proud of us. We want you to be like, man, that's my man. Like, I, I love that. So whenever they do anything that's vulnerable or that's good and kind, not nice, not doing some kind of resentment, doing it because they love someone or love you, you tell them that was sexy. Like, when you're open like that, that's the most masculine thing you can do. Like, uh-huh. And they're going to act like it's not a big, oh, well, it's not a big deal. Or oh, like, by oh, inside? I, oh, thanks, baby. I appreciate that. Inside, they're like, yes. <laughs> like, I'm not kidding. So if I'm with somebody and they're like, that was attractive, that was sexy, that I, I, I so appreciated your vulnerability in that. Thank you for leaving your heart open. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I'm the man. Like, And it's not that someone else is building your self-worth. It's reminding you of who you are. So I I think that's the biggest thing that if someone's more feminine and they're with somebody more masculine and they're having trouble opening up in that, whenever they do, man, just praise the shit out of them. Yeah. And if you're with, if you're with a good man or someone that's, that's masculine and they're a good person, um, they're going to reciprocate that. Yeah. Because I've, I've heard so many stories, um, people leaving comments like on that TikTok that went viral. Because um, men are like, yeah, but if she, if I show my emotion, she's going to leave or she's going to tell me to men up. That, right that, away, they, women emasculate men so much. This is why they shut down because they don't feel safe being their vulnerable yes. That's the shadow I was talking about. Yeah. Like women have a right to be angry and to feel resentful, but you can't stay there. 
Like if you want to empower women, if you want to strengthen women, like you have to own that, be angry, express it in, in, in a manner that doesn't hurt other people and, and be better than men were, be better than men were, handle it differently than men handled it. And that's how you show your strength. So it's not to erase someone else's energy or not to erase women that are more masculine or men that are more masculine, own your stuff. And that will show you how powerful feminine energy is. So, and I can't, the thing is like most of the time with that, I'm not, I'm not supernaturally feminine and I'm not a woman. So I have no idea how it feels, but, but being able, I'm good at stepping outside of myself and putting myself in individual shoes and looking at it from a big perspective. The best way to empower women is to own that anger and own that resentment and understand that, you know, it was never personal. It was always insecurity and you are a victim, but you don't have to stay there. You can literally empower yourself. And during that, you will empower men too. Mm, that's so good. And how can we begin this journey of creating a stronger sense of self that is empowering? Like Work what? On, mm-hmm. Go ahead. Focus on yourself. Like, so people think self-care is self-care is very feminine. And if you want to say that I am very feminine, then anytime I don't care, care of myself, like that's when disaster happens. That's when my relationships are a mess. That's when I um, am not doing well with clients. That's when we're not connecting. That's when we're not seeing progress. It affects every single area of my life. If I'm not drinking water, if I'm not getting adequate sleep, if I am drinking too much alcohol, if I am doing taking too much medication, or if I'm relying on medication, or I'm doing outside other drugs from that and not in a controlled situation, like those are all sabotaging myself and weakening my sense of self. So doing that, what happens? You lose yourself. You don't have to be in a relationship to lose yourself. Like yeah, you can um, lose yourself. That is so good. You lose yourself without yourself. I mean, it's <laughs> it's you abandon yourself because it's so uncomfortable for you to face which what you think that you cannot handle anymore. So most of the time, it's not about the trauma. It's not about the experience of the trauma. It's not about the situation. It's the emotions that you thought that you could not handle at that time. So you may have been seven. That may have been a dog scared the crap out of you. That's traumatic. Like, and you literally may not be able to process fear correctly. So you freeze. So what happens? That trauma is stuck. And literally it's like, having bands like on iPhones. I use, I love whoop apps. So there's like band you close and that kind of thing. It's literally leaving a band open constantly. So think about if you have a bar, a hundred percent of your energy is here and 60% of it is used with stored trauma. So literally you're operating off 40%. No wonder you feel hypervigilant. No wonder you feel afraid. No wonder you feel ungrounded. No wonder you don't feel safe. No wonder you don't want to be creative. No wonder you don't feel joy. No wonder you don't feel happy. So I, I, Taking care of yourself, man, woman, uh, feminine energy, masculine energy, someone that's uber balanced, like you have to focus on yourself. That's the most loving thing that you could do for other people. You have to focus on your own health. And what is, yeah, that's so important. And what is one way that you like taking care of yourself or what do you do for self-care? You know what reminds me if I'm in a really, so, so I, so a couple months ago, I went through some things and, and I did not do the best job of taking care of myself. It caused a Lyme flare up, you know, and that's some of that's out of my control, but some of that was in my control, you know, and I did some things and I didn't take care of myself. And, 
and it showed and it and it really opened my eyes again to like it i was like oh thanks for the reminder so almost like lyme disease has been a blessing because i'm like i go into back in that chronic state i don't know if i still have lyme in my system it could be just a chronic state when i get stressed or don't take care of myself these reactions are happening but i always use it as a signal it's like all right buddy like that's the parent in me not the not the old school you got to be disciplined beat yourself up call yourself awful names it's like all right man like it's time to man up like this is what manning up is is taking care of yourself yeah and and that's how you're going to help everyone else so focusing on your it's the most loving thing you can do yeah discipline is just self love that's all it is and i think we get a bad discipline is just habits we create that are loving towards ourselves and that's not some patriarchy bullshit it's not some like i've got to do this to be a man and be masculine no it's for men and women like that's how you take care of yourself so the most loving thing you could do is develop habits and discipline that is focused on you and the so in a relationship if you don't want to break up with somebody focus on yourself the entire time they will either grow with you or they will leave Mm, that's such a good key that's important and that's actually true <laughs> yeah that's actually true they just fall off they're just like you don't buy the scenes so you just like disconnect. focus on yourself yeah yeah i love me and that's going to extend to you and if you're not ready for that then that they're going to leave yeah i love like taking care of myself has been huge since my journey I, it's never stopped i i and i have this saying that It doesn't matter what happened the day before. I'm always going to show up for myself and take care of myself the following day because I am responsible for my happiness. I'm responsible for creating my own energy, for creating the reality that I desire. So I always start going to the gym. That is my anchor. The gym is my What are you telling your body? <laughs> I love you enough to take care of you. Yeah. Like yeah. that's the, your inner child. Your inner child is a metaphysical example of your body. Yeah. It's like, Hey, like, I know this is uncomfortable. I know this isn't necessarily fun, but I'm going to tell you what, if we do this, then we can go do this after. Yeah. It's like, it's negotiating with yourself. It really is. Totally. And I used to work out from a place of this masculine, like hustle, you got to do this, you're going to make progress and you have to build more muscle. So it was more for ego. It that was old school, ego-driven. like that yeah. old school mentality. Now, yeah. now it's more on the feminine side. Like I listen to my body. Do I want to go and work out or not? And it's showing up more for me because I love how I feel when I work out. I love how happy I feel, how empowered I feel. I feel so sexy at the gym. That's when I feel the sexiest. That's one of my ways I feel sexiest is my strength at the gym. Yes. And I love how that feels yeah. and I just feel happy and I dance and everything. I'm I'm alone at the gym. I don't want to work out with anyone. No. I, that's your that's zone. your time. It's my me yeah. time and I and it's just like the day just progressively goes and gets better, but that's how I start every day. Yeah. And that's are, your sense of self is strengthened from that. Yes, because yeah. people are always like, how do you find the motivation? I'm like, I've been doing this for like over nine years and I it became a lifestyle for me. This is normal. Not What normal a, is not working out for me. So the data, would you actually say, so the data shows that it's not, so motivation, it's actually thinking, and this is Joe Dispenza's quote, thinking greater than you feel. Mm-hmm. You take the action, then you feel inspired and motivated. It's like, it's the opposite of a drug. Yes. And I say, yes. yes. And yes. I always say, you don't need motivation to get started. You just need to just, go just take start. the action, 
and show then you up, start to feel better. And then you like the moment you start lifting the weights or whatever you do for working out, you start feeling better, feeling better. And then that's where motivation just comes naturally. I think the biggest mistake we make, especially in relationships, is that initially in a relationship, however long your honeymoon phase lasts, and I think that's a great thing. People think that I, I think it's great to feel a little infatuated and let yourself feel the joys of that discovering somebody, as long as you're not projecting somebody onto them. But when that fades, so initially you'd feel good. So what? You would do things to show that you love them. Mm-hmm. But after that, you do things to show that you love them and then you feel good. So that that shift in perspective was what I think people don't understand. Like you're don't trust your emotions. Do the action and see if you feel good about it. Mm-hmm. That is such a good like perspective. I'm gonna do that now. I'm gonna like be mindful about it. <laughs> yeah. So you're gonna you're, you're gonna you're gonna fade out and you're gonna get used to people. But but you you could spend an entire lifetime with somebody and not know everything about them. So it's it's being curious and continuing. And this is not from me having some great like long-term, super successful relationship. It's from studying people that have. So I ask these questions. I interview them. I talk to them. I'm like, what makes this work? Are you actually happy? Are you staying in this because of cultural conditioning? And the ones that have been very successful long-term have always said, I continue to do the things that I did at the beginning, whether I feel like it or not. And that's what keeps it sustainable. That's, that's actually a really good point because when I was still in my marriage, I wanted to choose to love him every day. I wanted to choose him and I just could not get there romantically. I could not get, you didn't feel safe. I can, I couldn't get the love and though this wasn't, um, he was not abusive. No, it's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just couldn't, I just could not go there emotionally with him. Like, I just didn't feel the love that he deserved too. And for me, that was an, uh, a decision point that I was like, I, he also deserves to find his person that loves him the way he desires and he deserves. And that's not me. Yeah. And I'm doing a disservice to myself and him. If I stay married, married to him, trying to force myself to love him. Yes. I, that's I, when I walked away and I said, no. And I probably broke his heart. But for me, it's like, no, one day you are going to thank me. You are going to find your person and I'm going to find my person too. But I felt it was very disrespectful for me to stay married to someone that I didn't love. I was not in love with and I couldn't get there. I could, I tried, I really tried and I couldn't get there. No, I think that's, I think that how unselfish, like I love the, um, I love the holistic psychologist and she talks about in her book about her divorce and realizing like, this is not good for either of us and I love you, but I'm leaving. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think people feel like because of a construct made, I think marriage is beautiful. I think, I think even outside the government having contracts and it being impossible to separate and like we go through all this crap and these divorces, I think outside of that symbolism is incredible Two people that are completely different and they don't know everything about each other, choosing to commit and stay with each other, you know, and, you know, you can talk about the divorce rate and those things being so high, but there's also people that last and there's also people that are actually very happy and they're not staying with it because I feel like I have to you No, know, they choose to stay in it and be vulnerable and work at it. And that's like, that's what I desired. And I also desire my biggest desire right now, when I meet potentially a man now that I need to trust that he's going to lead us. 
Like I want to put my full trust and feel safe that he will lead us. I just want to lean back and I want to have trust in him. I need, I want a man that can lead. You want to be in your natural state. Yeah, I desire and I didn't get that in my marriage. So I'm like, I desire a man that can lead. I think, and some women are going to take that like, well, I can lead myself. Of course you can lead yourself. Of course course you can. You know, you know, the strength in the fem in, in feminine energy is to allow yourself to take not necessarily a step down, but to be equal with that and allow someone to lead because you're still in control. That's being like, I can lead myself, but I trust you. And I'm, and I'm going to take my natural seat. Yeah. Yeah, a natural and- seat of how I feel. If a woman's more masculine and a, a man's more feminine, there's nothing wrong with that. Let her do it. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. There's a there's a reason why women get triggers because of the submissive aspect of it and how yeah, women are viewed. And my lineage, yeah. tons of them. So I know, but for me, it's like no, I'm powerful enough. I know my strength. I know that I am so much happier and better when I'm in my feminine energy and I can trust him enough for him to lead. It's uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's intoxicating. I don't think people understand because, and it doesn't have to be feminine and masculine. It can be someone's a little bit more adventurous and you're a little bit more safe. Yeah. Like, and you can classify those in feminine and masculine, but there has to be some type of polarity that pulls you together. So, because how are you going to learn from each other? You're exactly the same. Yeah. You'll never learn from each other. But if you're able to sit in your natural energy and allow yourself to heal and be, there's no place to get. You just allow, you're learning to allow yourself to be in your natural state. And when that happens, I mean, it's magic. Like that's the magic of it. Yeah. Cause I've been on the side that I'm, I was the one leading and I was miserable, unhappy, resentful. I was getting sick all the time. I was, you could do it. Yeah. But do it. Exhausted. I don't like it. I'm like, no, that's just, that's not where you feel natural in state. Yeah. Yeah. And I attracted men that wanted to be saved. I attracted some men that I am no longer attracted to. Passive, more (laughs) passive, resentful men. And that's not to say, most of the time, men that are more passive and resentful, they're not doing that on purpose. They don't realize what they're doing. I don't know. Yeah. They're unconscious. And that's not to excuse, that's their work and they're responsible for that. But most of the time, when men are like that, they, they, they either have a breakthrough or they don't know they're doing it. Now the opposite and the, the controlling, dominating outward narcissistic men, they know what they're doing. Mm. Yeah. They know exactly. And I just don't want anybody to be, to be manipulated. They know exactly what they're doing. Well, I'm not attracted to that anymore, which is so huge for me. <laughs> oh man. I think it's awesome. Yeah. I, I love hearing your, your story and I, you know, I need to have you on my podcast. I need to have more guests. Yeah. I have not been great about, you know, being consistent with my podcast. So need to do that as well. I would love to. So one last question. Well, two more. So the, the, the one that I want to ask is what is your truth now? My truth now, um, just from what I've learned or my life experience or what's been going on. So this is just a question that you can answer any way you want. So I usually ask like underneath all the condition and programming, everything that you used to be before you did this work, who, what is your truth and now the, I am so focused on myself that it, it's not like, it's not an arrogance. It's not, Oh, I have some high self-esteem. My self-worth is so high that I don't, I'm not hypervigilant and I don't, cons- I just don't, I just don't care. I just don't care. Like my value as an individual 
and stepping outside of a norm, not to place myself in some kind of a rebel or trying to go against what everybody else is doing, or I just want to be different. I'm just, I've learned to be myself. That's my truth. I've learned to be myself, whatever that is. So, and it just happens that I'm more masculine and that's okay. And that is the scariest thing to admit or to be yourself in this world because we are so used to having all this mask, all this armor, all this. Oh, We're so afraid to be ourselves because we are going to be rejected, unloved. And I, I just laugh now. Cool. Yeah, that I'm, is I'm cool. so flawed. I'm so flawed and I mess up so much and, and I'm a life coach and self coach or whatever you want to call it. And it's so funny how judgmental people can be. And I just laugh because I'm like, we're human. And people like, we think we have to have this education and they put these constructs on us. Like we have to be this, this. So I have to get a, get a doctorate in psychology because the government says that's approved because the FDA says that's approved. I'm like, that's bullshit to me. That's why I love the holistic psychologist because she won't go on. She won't be interviewed by a mainstream media. She's oh. like, nope, not doing it, not doing it. Amazing. Yeah. So she just, she's just herself. And I watch people get so frustrated at her and she's so good about admitting like it bothers me. I process it and then I, I feel I'm still going to say my truth and that's okay. And we can think differently because yeah. some of the things I've said, you probably disagree with some of it, but you were willing to open and listen to me. doesn't mean that you agree with everything or I agree with everything you said, but we've got to be able to listen to each other. And that is allowing people to be themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And you cannot really place judgment on that because they, they're different and placing judgment on them is because you were judging yourself at the same time. It's like a reflection. And I don't so, want to control you. I yeah, don't want to yeah. control your perception. You don't have to believe what I believe. I just, yeah. And that was one of the biggest things that I've seen in my journey too, is that allowing people to be who they are and accepting them for that. And that was huge for me in healing the wounding that I had with my parents, which still continues, of course. But for me, it's like, so I am so here suffering because my parents don't accept me. They don't accept who I am, but then I'm not accepting them either. Yes. And when so it's, I it's realized like a, that, I was like, okay, we're done, Mary. We're accepting them exactly for who they are. And it's, it's just made such a big difference in my relationship with them. It's a shadow projection. It's like, um, I'll, I'll tell you something that used to make me uncomfortable. Like I have restless leg syndrome, like really bad. So I have like every single gene for that. And so normally it's, it's more masculine to sit still and, uh, and, you know, and I do that naturally, but I've restless leg syndrome. Like I've set up like probably 15 times. It's just, you have to accept certain things about yourself. Yeah. yeah and that it's okay. Yeah. Everybody's a different. Yeah, definitely. So where can everyone find you, uh, connect with you if they're interested in your work, they want to hire you or they want to just like just immerse themselves into your knowledge, your wisdom, your medicine? Yeah. So I have um, I have a blog and a subscription you can subscribe to. It's for free. So it's at um, it's at uh, jmikefills.com. Uh, my email is mike at jmikefills.com. And social media is always j.mikefields. Um, there's another guy. He's actually a musician. He's pretty cool. If you want to follow him too, it's J uh -huh. Mike Fields. So he's a cool guy, but, um, mine's J dot Mike Fields and, um, all the information's free. I'm hoping to have some things that you can purchase and buy. That's not going to be, you know, it's going to be under 50 bucks and, and, and some books and some eBooks that you can use. But right now I just offer coaching services in person and online. So you can find that my website. Yeah. 
And everything is going to be in the show notes. So with direct links, so people can just easily access you or follow you on Instagram or whatever um, social media platforms that you have. So no, and thank you so much for uh, inviting me on. And I'll tell you, this is my first podcast I've done with anyone else. So I've had some invites. I've just been a little bit hesitant. So I'm actually more introverted by nature. But Me too. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm better at one-on-one interactions. So if we're in a, a public group setting, I can public speak well, but if we're in a group setting, I'm probably going to be a little bit more quiet. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually very shy, very like such an introvert, but I loved the fact that I decided to launch this project. So it's been a beautiful experience. And for me, I loved it. I was like, she's so weird. I love it. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to go on there. Like, let's do that first. It's been so important to have men on my podcast. It's been a big desire and uh, you're the third one. And I am so thankful because you brought in such a beautiful conversation. It was very intuitively led. It left places that I didn't think we were going to go to, but this is why I love that. I enjoyed it. That is, it doesn't have a structure. I don't like structures. I it's like a feminine. <laughs> and oh, I was just like, I'm gonna. She's feminine. I'm gonna let myself go feminine. It's fine. <laughs> yes, but thank you so much for opening up for showing this beautiful side of the masculine, the vulnerability, the just going into your emotions. That it's okay for giving women, my audience, a different view of men, which is something that I'm very, very, very. Um, passionate about because when yeah. i healed i realized that there's really amazing and beautiful men out there there are some great men yes like, <laughs> view them as individuals i know i know some great men i mean just some like extraordinary men yeah yes, yes yeah. me too and and i'm like women need to know this women need to s- see there's a different type of men that they're used to attracting and they need to immerse themselves into this energy so they realize that once they heal they will start attracting or magnetizing this. Yes. And don't group people. They're individuals. Everybody's a little bit different. Yeah. Yes. And when you see that everybody has their own stories, conditioning, programming, upbringing, you have, you feel different about them. You don't judge them as much, but you still like know that what they did was you did not deserve it, but you have your boundaries, but you you still feel that little bit of sympathy, understanding Mm -hmm. for them. Yeah. 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 That's really helped me in my journey, especially with people that I cut off and I'm like, they're not for me. I understand them. I wish them well, but I do not need them in my life. Like the boundaries, but this has been amazing. I had so much fun. Thank you so much for saying yes. And Congratulations for your first interview. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. I enjoyed it. I think I probably need to get outside of my box a little bit more and, and do some more of these. So yes. yeah, I, I appreciate you reaching out. Thank you so much and have a beautiful rest of the night. You too. Thank you. Thank you so much for being part of this conversation on the Feminine Truth Podcast. This podcast is for you, for me, for us, for the Feminine Collective. Thank you for spending your time and energy with us. I so, so, so appreciate it. Please, it would mean so much if you could share this in your Instagram stories, in your Facebook stories, or everywhere so this message gets spread and others can find this podcast and this conversation. And if you feel like someone needs to hear this message, please share with them. Um, I would be so grateful for you and let us know your thoughts, how this has helped you 
you how you connected with this topic or how this has felt in your body and lastly if you feel the pull I would be immensely grateful if you could take the time to leave a review so more people can find my podcast and this conversation. I'm sending you so much love and I'll see you on the next episode.